Robins at the Gate with Sky Sports and Five Lives Michelle Owen. With Who Knows Wins, this is not betting as you know it. Put your money where your mates are. Playing is easy. Make your predictions on the outcomes of your chosen fixtures. For every result you predict correctly, you get a point in your league. At the end of the competition, whoever's got the most points wins and proves their top dog. Choose your own entry fee, however substantial or small, and split the winner's pot as you see fit. Who Knows Wins. Download the app now and start playing. Hello and welcome along to Robins at the Gate with myself, Michelle Owen and Gregor McGregor. Um, we'll be reflecting on the Portsmouth FA Cup victory and the subsequent draw. Um, not the most glamorous. Also be talking about Alfie Mawson being back and for Mara Jiju as well. His goal, what's happening with his contract. We're going to hear from Chris Martin about what happened on the way to Brentford the other week when the coaches literally turned around on the M4 because of worries about COVID. Also, be talking about transfer links, the injury, I guess, should we call it a crisis? I think we could call it a crisis. And the talks of what's been happening with the performance and medical team too. Some big, big words said in the last week. Brentford and Preston previewed as well. And we've got a big guest next week, which we're really excited about. Gregor, welcome along. Wow, we've got quite a lot to get through. So um, let's get straight to it. Did you enjoy Portsmouth on Sunday for for a minute? It did, well, for quite a while. It looked like it was heading to extra time, didn't it? I bet you were quite relieved with the late winner. Yes, uh, I was. It did look like it was going in that way. It was also, I have to say, a pretty good game as well. And a lot of Bristol City's matches this season have been very entertaining affairs, actually. A lot of shots either end. They do have a decent amount of shots, but they often let the opposition have a lot of shots. And I think it was, in the end of this one, 17 shots to 15. So what's that? I could 32 shots in the game. That's that's pretty decent. Yeah, although not many on target, which can often be Bristol City's problem at the moment, only four. Uh, they had possession as well, 56% possession, and they had way more passes too. Um, what did you think overall? You know, it's, it's Portsmouth, it's a team in the league below. You know, Bristol City should be beating them really, shouldn't they? And it took until the 83rd minute to make that breakthrough, although Portsmouth we know are a good team. Yeah, uh, it was yeah, it was a bit of a tale of two halves in a way. Basically, I thought Bristol City were very good in that first half and really fluid. And obviously, it was a, a bit of a strange team selection from Dean Holden because it was the first time we've seen both Bam and Chris Martin in attack together. I mean, some people might say two big lumps in attack. That would be very disrespectful. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm saying two tall strikers. And, and yeah, they. I thought they held the ball up well. I thought they combined nicely, actually. I thought, thought there was a bit of promise. And Bristol City, yeah, started the better. But second half, they just sort of, not sure if they ran out of steam or maybe it's a sign of a bit of mental fragility because Portsmouth really came into the game. And I think you have to understand the context of the tie coming into this, where the guys are, where the two teams are in their respective leagues. And I think I'm right saying Portsmouth had won four of their last five and uh, Bristol City had lost for their last five. So one team in form, one not. And it, it, it showed very much that in the second half, I thought. I thought the guys, um, Marcus Harness and Ryan Williams, thought were very impressive. Caused a lot of problems. And basically, as Kenny Jackett said after the game, he was really disappointed with the way it panned out. If they'd had a bit more quality on their counter-attacks, then, then Bristol City would have been in trouble. Yeah, a lot of love as well for Zach Viner coming on in midfield. One tweet in Bristol tweeted us to say, in the next game, Viner at centre midfield genuinely has to be a consideration. Mawson goes without saying he's a class act. Uh, Alfie Mawson back in the team, obviously a massive boost. What about Zach Viner in, mid in midfield then? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, 
let's say, though, it was only 10 minutes at the end of the game. But I do like him. Uh, well, I like him as centre-back as well. And I think his chief attributes are that he is so tigerish in the middle. He's very aggressive, very quick into the tackle. I think he's been one of the standout stories for Bristol City this season. It's been it's been great that he's he's really broken through into the side now. He's a he's a fixture for the years ahead, and they can build around him and, and the other players. Um, obviously, another academy graduate in that midfield role. Yes, I think he's got a bit more proving to do, but he did look very impressive in that ten minutes. Some of his passing was superb. He, I remember he rifled one out to I think Semenya on the left, and I thought, well, we haven't seen too many. Um, real quality passes over that kind of distance. You kind of associate that with Tyreek Backinson, but Backinson was a little bit hit and missed with his passing on the day. So, yeah, possibly something there with Viney. Don't forget he scored a, a tremendous goal when he played midfield for Aberdeen, smashed one in from long range. So, yeah, absolutely. Maybe we can see a bit more of it. Yeah, and Lee Mullins said, uh, for Maurice now is an absolute must-start. And despite not setting the world alight, I thought Adelican offered good balance. It'd be nice to see Campering bring some energy to the team as well. For Maurice obviously scored the goal. Um, what is happening? What is happening with his contract situation, the interest around him? I would imagine that that sort of groin tweak he had is, is a bit better now, so he is able to start games. Yes, looks that way, and yeah, it's 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 just this long running saga, isn't it? I, never ending, like sometimes these things are in football. And obviously, Fam himself has kind of hinted that he was going to sign a new deal. If you remember in the summer, he posted that hourglass social media um, tweet, and then he also he actually told us reporters after the derby game. We we said to him, "What's happening with your contract?" And he said, "It's close, guys. It's close." So along those lines. So, yeah, it's an odd one. But, yeah, it's still not signed. And as is the case, he's got six months, well, less than six months now on his deal to go out of contract at the end of the season. And other clubs are beginning to have a look. We know that Middlesbrough are one side that are interested in him. I believe Neil Warnock has been a, a long-term fan of his. So Bristol City are really going to have to get their act together. There's a bit of pressure on them to finally sort this situation because let's um, not dress it up at all. If they lost... Deju on a free transfer to a rival oh, in the disaster. summer, it would yeah. be yeah, it would be disastrous. He let's it, let's not forget he was a club record five point two million. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's you, you just can't write that off. And and as we've seen this season, well, not just this season, the last two, we've, he's been the top scorer the last two years. Last year he was named the club's player of the year. So to lose that all that, mm. I I I think obviously. Barry Jeju seems very happy with Bristol City and he seems happy to stay. Can they get an agreement um, basically with him on, on obviously everything else? That seems to be the problem. I, the only thing I would add to it, I mean, and we, we, we haven't heard what's going to happen either way. People have asked me my opinion. I've, I've honestly got no idea which way it will go. Given that Jeju himself is, is quite an unpredictable kind of guy, I wouldn't be surprised if this went all the way to the summer mm. and he could leave on a free and he signs a new deal. <laughs> so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can see well, something like that. Gosh, yeah. We'll come on to more transfer links in just a second. Before we finish with the FA Cup, Millwall in the next round away. Oh, I'm not, I, I mean this with respect to Millwall, but come on. Oh, of the draws you wanted in the fourth round, it wasn't that. And then the fifth round, it's not particularly better either, is it? Sheffield United or Plymouth. I, that's the thing, right? Because the teams now know who they've got in the fifth round, does it dictate what sort of team they put out in the fourth? 
possibly. I think you you'll obviously take into account the league games around it and everything. Obviously, as you say, there it's tough fixtures, and Bristol City are going to have to do it the hard way if they're going to have a run. I'm not. I think that Millwall game is going to be very very tough. I'll, I'll be surprised if they come through that, but they are well capable of of getting a result. They won their couple of seasons ago. I remember when. Lee Johnson was under a bit of pressure. Jamie Patterson scored a terrific free kick. I think that was the last time they won there. And yeah, so although they haven't done too well against Gary Rowett's sides recently, so yeah, it's going to be a tough game. That I wouldn't be surprised if they if they went out there, but and, and could concentrate on the league, and they might be better off for that. Okay, transfer links wise, Connor Wickham's name has been mentioned in in the last week or so. I suppose that's in line with the Famara Gigi speculation. Is there anything in that? Is there any others that we've heard about? And could anyone be leaving in this window, apart from Gigi? No, no nothing in that one, according to our sources. We, we've checked that one out and it's come back to us that basically, yeah, there's, there's he's not a target for Bristol City. Obviously, the club has said, and Dean Holden has specifically said, that they are open-minded on this window and they're also ready to move if... If uh, they have to, if say a massive bid comes in and they had to sell one of their players and it just made sense to sell one of their players and replace them, then they've got targets lined up. They they will be ready to move. But generally, and this isn't just Bristol City, what we're hearing is that there's not going to be very much movement across the championship at all because obviously we've spoken about this many times with no crowds, um, clubs are well down on their revenues, just haven't got the money to spend. Uh, business owners, well, club owners are in that same position as well. So we're not anticipating many uh, many deals for actual money, possibly loans. Um, I don't think Middlesbrough are going to make a bid for Pamela Jeju, by the way. I think they'll wait now and see what happens in the summer. In the summer with that one, I think Neil Warnock hinted that himself to the local press up there the other day as well. Mm. Um, so in terms of incomings, I don't think we will see anything at Bristol City. But you can't rule anything out. Let's let's see what happens in the final week. But the only other thing to say is they have obviously got these five, six guys, if you include Marley Watkins, who's returned. Um, yeah. Yeah. There, it's going to be interesting to see how the likes of Casey Palmer do, et cetera, et cetera. And just on one of those, and we're hearing that um, Aura Edwards, who was at Grimsby Town, he's done an impressed up there under Ian Holloway when Holloway was there in situ and we think he's going to go back out on loan and we're hearing that there's a lot of interest in him already yeah. and hopefully he'll go to a club a bit higher up the pyramid but I think that's the only thing we could really see happening at the moment. Well one of the biggest stories in the last week Gregor has been the speculation surrounding what's been going on with Bristol City's medical team and some of the injured players, namely Joe Williams. This story broke in The Athletic and you picked up uh, on Bristol Live because Joe Williams is reportedly unhappy with his treatment off the pitch since joining Bristol City. £1.2 he cost from Wigan in the summer. Still hasn't played. Other players out include Liam Walsh. Apparently it's not just Joe Williams who's unhappy. Now, in charge of the medical team are Andrew Proctor, and Andy Rolls' head of performance. There's links there to Mark Ashton, aren't they? And there's been some suggestion um, of how he brought them in as well. Can you clear up what we know? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things we should probably say, first of all. Um, yeah, it's, it was the athletic story, and 
I, I just know that us covering this is going to get some heat from the club, but we're an independent um, organisation. We're not affiliated to Bristol City, so it's our job to um, scrutinise these things and find out what the truth is. So, yeah, obviously the, the Athletic um, reported that there's tension between Joe Williams and, and the, the medical staff in terms of the treatment he's received. And I think if you if you look at it from a bigger picture point of view, that would be perfectly natural in a way because he has been out all season. This is a guy who hasn't, he got injured in his very first training session and he will be frustrated because he hasn't been able to get on the pitch. It, let's be honest, it could be embarrassing for all concerned here, really. No, I don't, it doesn't surprise me that there might be some tension, and I think that would even be perfectly normal to it to an extent. What's abnormal is that this kind of stuff makes itself to the public domain. We don't normally don't hear about this mm. kind of stuff. So, so we, has someone leaked it that wants it to be leaked, or could it just be a friend of a friend you know that's talked? Either, yeah, either, either of those. I think, I think basically, and and just to sort of go back to what I was just saying that we have checked it out and. It, it is, from our understanding, it, will, it, it, it is all true and it stacks up. It's a, a well-sourced story. Mm. And, yeah, the athletic don't get much wrong. <laughs> so there seems to be an issue there. And basically, I think the club need to have a look into this and, and find out and, and make sure that it isn't an issue, basically. And, and it's our job to report these kind of things. And, yeah, I, I think we should be careful that we don't make too much of a big deal of this because... Basically, some fans will jump on the back of the, the medical teams and, and and say, "Look, this is this is not right," which which is which is the case, obviously. But I don't think you you can lean towards too many other situations and say and parcel it all up together. That's a, that's a pretty big leap because yeah. I've seen some some fans reacting to this and saying, "Well, we've had problems for years and years. What's going on?" Well, it's not always been the same medical. I just say you can't yeah. you can't really pin that on the medical team now because they weren't there. I know they, I know Bristol City have had they just seem to get so many injuries each season, but it's not actually been a consistent medical team. It changed, so that would be unfair. No, absolutely. These guys joined up in 2018, so they've only been there a couple of years. Uh, in terms of Bristol City, though, there are questions for the club. Uh, as I say, I think they should be looking at this, find out exactly what's going on, and and. and make sure that Joe is happy with the treatment he gets. And ultimately, we all want to see him on the pitch soon. So uh, as soon as that happens, it remedies the situation. So hopefully they can get him back out playing as soon as possible. Obviously, Dean Holden has said that there's no timescale for him to return at the moment, which is which is worrying. And it was even floated by the head coach recently that, that they'd be happy just to see him back playing this season. Wow. So that's a heck of a time out. And it's... And as a result of that, you can understand his frustration because there's not just one injury he's had, he's had a couple. So, yeah, there are questions there. And also, the other thing that is important to mention is that Bristol City, by my estimation, do have the worst injury problems in the Championship at this moment in time. And certainly if you look at PremierLeague.com injuries, which charts every Premier League club um, by injuries, then Bristol City's number of sort of 10, 11 players out is worse than any club in the top yeah. division. Yeah. Um, it's difficult to find comparative information for the championship. There is some on transfer marked, but it's not as comprehensive. They miss out a lot of stuff. But that still says that Bristol City are equal worst in the championship for injuries. And by my estimation, given that there are, there are a couple of other injuries that haven't really been reported, um, and one of those is the likes of Aidan Baldwin, who is a young player. He's not been seen all season. I understand he's close to making a comeback from injury as well. 
Um, and given all that, they've got they've got problems there, and it's right to ask questions when that happens. However, I think we just have to be careful not to make too many assumptions. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to Brentford this week, then rescheduled from the other week. Uh, actually, Gregor, you spoke to Chris Martin about what happened. It was a bizarre situation, and Chris Martin explained that the team were on their separate coaches. They have to be on the way down the M4, and they literally had to turn around. Here is what happened. You've got Brentford up next. Tell us about the postponement of, of the last game because Dean was explaining last time we spoke to him about how you guys were on the coaches going to the game an hour down the M4, I believe, and yeah. had to pull over onto the hard shoulder as he, as he jumped from coach to coach to explain what was happening. Is it, which coach were you on? Were you on with him or did he jump onto yours? Yeah, I, I was on the one with him. Yeah, I was on the red bus, uh, a few people on the blue bus, but... Yeah, it came a little bit out of the blue, actually. We obviously knew that there were symptoms flying around with certain people um, and other games also were getting called off. So, and we got about an hour into the journey before he came to the back of the bus. So, a bit of a surprise to us, uh, to say the least. But like you, you mentioned before, it's obviously given us some time to work on a few things on, on the training fields and we've had the benefit of that. So, we're hoping... Um, with those days that we had with the, with the coaching staff to really drum in some messages, uh, we're, we're able to put that into practice over over the next few games um, in what will be a, a very tough fixture on Wednesday night, of course. Wow, Gregor. Uh, sounds like quite a dramatic day by all, by all accounts from what Chris Martin has said there. And ultimately, we were talking about COVID last week. We didn't know what the results were. Actually, no one had COVID in the end in this case, but it's better to be safe than sorry right now. Absolutely. I think that's the order of the day, isn't it? And that's probably the correct path to take. I can completely understand it from Brentford's point of view. And the club was very good about this. But obviously, a lot of their fans will be saying, well, hold on, we haven't even got any positive cases. Well, that's not really the case. Is it? It's, as you say, Michelle, you're right, better safe than sorry. And we're trying to limit the pandemic, aren't we? So we, we don't want to spread the infection. So in this case, that probably was the right course of action. And it was taken in conjunction uh, the decision with the EFL, they will investigate it as they do every postponement uh, and match that doesn't take place. And it'll be interesting to see what, if anything comes about from that. I don't think there will be. I think it was it was all done correctly. So, and it's it's not a huge advantage, really, is it, to to play just a week later or whatever it is? No, I think it's no. quite sensible, really. Given yeah. The um, I don't really think they had a choice and, and they did the right thing. Um, Brentford then. Well, it doesn't seem a good time to play them at any time anyway because they're in such great form bar that, you know, League Cup semi-final loss to Tottenham. I mean, they had a man sent off in that game as well. Um, beat Brentford last Saturday in the FA Cup before... Uh, sorry, Brentford... I did this last time. Brentford beat Middlesbrough in the FA Cup uh, 2-1 and then before that, they had a win against Bournemouth, which was very impressive. And before that, they ground out that win against Cardiff. So, Brentford, <laughs> I'm not feeling optimistic about Gregor. No, me neither. <laughs> How many games are they unbeaten now? Well, Brentford's unbeaten run is, is really impressive, Gregor. They've hardly lost this season. I know they had that defeat to Tottenham in the Cup. Um, but, you know, that's a Premier League side, a potentially top four Premier League side. But... They've been so impressive this season. They've barely lost a game. I think the last time they lost was to Stoke at the end of October. They've had really impressive wins against Luton. They thrashed them 3-0. They like thrashing Luton, don't they? And although there's been quite a few draws in there, they look so impressive, don't they? 
Yeah, I I saw them the other weekend. They don't have many weaknesses, do they? I think it's 15 games unbeaten in the league still. So, yeah, it's going to be obviously tough there. The only thing I'm sort of clinging to, two things, is Bristol City's record there of late. Obviously, the last three times they haven't been beaten there. And that they're going to be missing Josh De Silva, who's obviously... A, Suspended, he, yeah. Yeah. From the be, Tottenham game. Yeah, absolutely. So that's something for them to contend with. And 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 City have managed to grab a draw from there before. So that's what I'm clinging to in, in regards <laughs> to City going there. But you're right, they don't have many weaknesses at all. And I wanted to ask you um, about the Bees and whether you think that they really are the archetypal championship club that maybe Bristol City should follow in terms of trying to make it up to the Premier League. I know, I mean, we, we probably have this discussion every year mm. and Brentford seem to be getting closer and closer. And you could make an argument to say, well, OK, yeah, they're doing everything right, but they've actually not made it up to the Premier League yet. But they, they do look to be getting closer every year. Yeah. Do Bristol City need to follow them and copy them? And how do they do that? I think the thing with Brentford is they do sell their best players if they don't get promoted. Like Ollie Watkins went to Villa in summer. But they, they have more recently started reinvesting more. I mean, look at the signing of Ivan Toning. He's been absolutely outstanding for them. And they picked him up um, from Peterborough. 22 appearances, 16 goals. You know, like that. Mm-hmm. that's absolutely incredible. Um, and yeah, they spent a bit of money on him, but they almost have that money ball approach, don't they? And the fee was said to be in the region of 5 million and around 10 million with add-ons. So you think if they go up, then they'll, they'll pay that fee, but they'll be glad they, they paid that fee. If they don't go up, they're going to sell them for a lot of money to a Premier League club, aren't they, in, in summer? So I, I think they're really well run. But like you said, they haven't actually yet made that step up. Um, but I love to watch Brentford. I think they're brilliant to watch, you know? And, yeah. There's just a... I was just thinking there's an interesting contrast, isn't there, between them signing Ivan Tony and Bristol City signing Narky Wells and Wells really hasn't done it for Bristol City yet. Yeah, it must be must it must must be something more specific about recruitment as well, because yes, Narky Wells was banging those goals in for QPR, but perhaps the Brentford recruitment went even further back to look at Ivan Tony and what he'd done before. Although if you if you were offered both of them last season, who would you have gone for? Mm, that's, that's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think, well, you go for Tony all day long when you specifically as well because of his age. You've got the sell-on value as well. If it doesn't work out, obviously the problem is the associated costs. And sometimes you just, I, I, I always think in football, sometimes it gets to a point where if you want to improve or you need to buy genuine quality and sometimes you have to pay the going rate for whatever whatever that is. And mm. sometimes you have to pay the big fees. Is it that next uh, step, isn't it, that, that, that Bristol City don't always pay those big fees? And if they did, then maybe they'd get that bit more quality, I think. And it's, that's it, what Brentford did. Yeah. It's difficult. I, with Brentford, obviously, it's easy for them to have done that because they knew they had, what, 30-odd million pounds coming in from selling Watkins um, to Aston Villa. So, yeah, that's maybe... the as you say, the route or where Bristol City needs to improve is the recruitment yeah. and and successfully replace these guys. Um, obviously, they sold 
um, Webster for what twenty odd million pounds? Yeah, yeah that was a good um, Eighteen months ago. And have they replaced him effectively? Well, we'll see. I think we're going to see with Alfie Mawson now what happens. And we'll obviously see what happens at the end of the season. But maybe that's the potential, isn't it? The potential there with Mawson. But we've got to see. And he's got to stay injury-free, which is which is a worry for every single player, I think, at the moment, given Bristol City's injury situation. Um, we've got Preston after Brentford, so we'll preview that while we're here. They lost to Wickham in the FA Cup. They did make changes to that side, but 4-1 they lost, which would be very damaging to confidence. And before that, they lost to Forest. If Bristol City are going to beat Preston, is this the time? <laughs> yes, I hope so. <laughs> that, that, yeah, I, I, I think that's a great question. Yeah, I, I think they've got a chance. Uh, the game up at Dido was very close, and it, OK, Preston got a penalty like they were... <laughs> They always do, you could argue, and it was so predictable, Daniel Johnson scoring. But that game could have gone the other way. City did have a few chances up there, not many, but just a few, and and probably is whoever gets the first goal probably does nick it. So you'd expect a similarly close game at Ashton Gate. A lot will depend on the injuries. They've got players out at the moment. Well, they did have before. I'm not sure if Ben Pearson might well be back. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, just on Preston, what... I find really interesting is they've got that horrible situation, haven't they, that they're facing at the moment with four or five of their key players all out of contract this summer. Mm-hmm. And it looks like, well, you would have thought, unfortunately, that they will probably lose all of them because those guys don't, well, Preston don't look... Well, Rangers want a pre-contract agreement with Daniel Johnson, don't they? Do they? Right. OK, well, there's one. Um, ben Pearson, he's another one. Ben Davis has been linked to loads of clubs, hasn't he? I mm. think uh, Premier League sides are taking an interest in him. I think Darnell Fisher is another one. And um, there's another player as well. Well, Ben Davis uh, doesn't want to sign, does he? So, yeah they're, yeah, they're in a very awkward situation at the moment. And, and that'll be disruptive. Yeah, Alan Brown is the other one, I think. And Yeah, that, that, that's really going to set them back um, when, that, when those guys go, if they go. And they've got big decisions to make there. And I always, the reason I sort of bring this up is because I always compare uh, Bristol City to Preston and Brentford as the three clubs who have never been in the Premier League mm. and have never had parachute payments as a result. So they're, they're going to do things a slightly different way. I think they all do look to sort of try and master the recruitment market and, and do it that way. And Brentford are winning that that race by a long way. But as we said before, they've not done the business and gone up just yet. So, so yeah, we'll, I guess we'll see how that game pans out. And as you say, it is a, probably a good chance to finally beat them. Yeah, well, we can hope. Uh, COVID testing twice a week, just a quick word on that. It's about time, isn't it? Oh, it's been, oh, yeah, we discussed this the other week, didn't we? It's been too long coming. It should have happened before. And yeah, it is good. I, I feel sorry for the players still because obviously uh, I saw David Moyes talking about this last night, actually, that, the players, it's a worry for them because the players are playing and of course they're tested, but that is only telling you if you've got it. <laughs> it's not guarding you necessarily. Mm. Interesting comments from um, Sean Dykes the other day saying that maybe they should look to vaccinate oh, footballers no, I, and then, sorry, sorry, then plough the money. I completely disagree with that because Did, it's a nice idea in theory, but you tell me how that works. Oh, um, all our money from testing is going to go back into the NHS. Yeah, how? Who's going to police that? How is that going to work? And yeah, the vaccines just need to go to... To who needs the most, I'm afraid, not footballers right now. And that might sound cold and, and callous, but I think if we can get the vulnerable vaccinated, then we're one step closer to getting back to 
normal life, aren't we? And at least, at least they have testing. It's not much, but it's something. And yeah, I can I can see where Sean Dyche was coming from, but not. Yeah, not probably not, it, practical, is it? Nice idea, maybe logistics aren't. Yeah, know, but Ashton Gate being used as a vaccination hub right now as well. Be interesting to see what that's like in the next home game because I was meant to be there Saturday, but I'm on Quest. So you'll have to report back ah. to us on what's going on on Saturday and how it's all working with the South Stand being used for vaccines. I don't know if they do it at the weekend or what, but um, look forward to, to hearing how it's going. But it's great to see Ashton Gate being used for that. We can't use it for football. This is definitely the the next best thing or maybe just the best thing at the moment um finally next week we're hoping to have scotty murray on the podcast all being well and he can give us an insight into what it's like at the moment i mean being a a kit man and trying to sort everything out with covid must be a logistical nightmare and he can tell us how it's all going um global thanks as always for for coming on and next week it's just thick and fast again, isn't it? You're all over the place, Gregor. You're literally up and down the M4. You're, you're going to try and go back to Brentford this weekend and then Preston, at least, at Bristol City. And after that, for Bristol City, it's Norwich. Huge away game on the Wednesday. Lengthy trip for you. And then um, to be confirmed when Bristol City will play that game against Millwall in the FA Cup. Um, thanks, as always, and thank you for listening. And if you're listening on iTunes or any other podcast platform where you can rate and review us, then please do so. Thanks for listening. Robins at the Gate. With Who Knows Wins. This is not betting as you know it. Download the app now and start playing. Please subscribe and review us wherever you get your podcasts.